Welcome to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. I hope everyone's continuing to stay healthy and safe right now. I know it's been hard for many of us to stay home while the world battles this illness, and it's so important to do so right now. It's been hard to be away from family, friends, and even just normal routines in general. For me, I really miss little things like chatting with my yoga instructor before classes or just sitting outside my favorite venue spaces, just chatting with different friends. I feel fortunate to have access to things like FaceTime, Zoom, and other tech that at least helps bridge that contact for some quasi-normal moments like watching a band live stream or taking a fitness class virtually. I just hope you're all able to do the same to kind of help keep your spirits up. I also feel pretty lucky that I can keep my routine podcasting through everything because that's a huge part of my semblance of normal. Talking to artists and sharing with them with you keeps me motivated and happy right now, and I think for some of my guests, it's helping them too. These relationships and pieces of ourselves that we preserve right now are what we'll have when normal returns, so... Thank you, everybody, for continuing to listen and support the artists who come on the pod. It's really nice for us to be able to connect and continue building a community as we all try to kind of reach out for one. So speaking of community building, this week's guests are a pair who are seeking to build a community of sound and genuine understanding. Pet Wife, also known as Isabel and Noelle, are a trans and queer duo who have an exquisite taste for experimental pop music. They've chosen to dive into so many elements of their favorite genres, all with the intention of sharing their own personal experiences with identity that usher in discussion for others. Noelle and Isabel joined this week to talk about their meeting, tease their pride color concept album Polychrome, their dreams of an LGBTQ-friendly studio space, sharing feminist literature and their values, and so much more. So with that, let's hear some more Pat Wife and then get into the interview.
can't go now. This part can't be forgot. And you say stay the beat, 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 beat. This patch bit looks to me. But I can't go out tonight. Got caught up in this life. Forgotten fights to write. Calendars, parts online. Moonlight, make me undone. Fall back to you at once. This start is worth a shot. I want to be the cord around your neck. Pull me off. There goes your head. 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 by Fiji. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome Isabel and Noel to Anger Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are you both doing? Great. Very well. I'm so excited to talk to you both. Um, I feel like I got an awesome music grab bag whenever your music arrived in my inbox because there's so much variety in it and I'm so excited to talk about it. Thank you. <laughs> so y'all are based in Brooklyn, right? Yes, in Bushwick. Nice. Okay. I haven't been to Brooklyn yet. It's on the list. Hopefully when things in the world calm down a little bit, honestly, yeah. but uh, it seems like such a great neighborhood to be in for music. Oh yeah. It's very, very, Bushwick is super artistic, very, very gay. And um, it's kind of, we think it's the Lezzy capital. I, yeah, I'm going to say, like, US. let's put it on the map as the Lezzy capital. <laughs> I think all the cute chicks live in Bushwick. Even Aquafina said it, you know, <laughs> I think it's like the jam for sure. It's really fun. Like all the places you'd want to go out are kind of like on the periphery, but it still has a very provincial feel. So we're big proponents of the neighborhood. Lots of like good connecting to people. We're supposed to go to um, a trans fundraiser later. Oh, cool. So there's just a lot of good like community involvement and um, yeah, like co collaborative energy, which is awesome. That makes it really special. I just actually spoke to a guest not too long ago. Um, his name's Victor. He has a project, Prince Johnny, and he's in Brooklyn too. And he's been doing a lot of like charity work and trying to like play with different artists and stuff. So I thought that was really cool. And yeah. I just feel like I've been hearing really awesome things about like career projects in Brooklyn. So that's exciting. Yeah. Well, you should come visit when we are no longer <laughs> no, it's in under three to six months. Yeah. <laughs> six We're months no to a year. I'll be there. Quarantine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. I would love to visit and I'd love to experience so much of the music and especially yours because you have so much you're, going, you're just doing with it, honestly. We are a bit of a grab bag. Yeah. yeah. So the way that we kind of started is interesting because uh, Isabel's yeah. been working on music for her whole life, right? Like self-taught, um, total kind of ingenue when she was young, started like grabbing equipment and buying instruments and producing all of her friends and like you know, middle school. And, um, I come from more of like a fine art, like painting, drawing, fashion mm -hmm. background, did a little bit of musical stuff back in the day, but that was not, you know, what I was into. So when we met and started dating, we kind of 
like realized that there was something here. I sent her poems and thought maybe she'd put some of them to music. And then it's really been a lot of just experimentation um, for both of us. Cause I come with this like kind of fresh eye, like untrained ear, but I kind of know what I like. And apparently I'm good at like, I don't know, being bossy. <laughs> She's an excellent, excellent creative director. Yeah. But I have no business doing it. So it's interesting. Cause I, I don't know the lingo. Like I, I can't, I don't play instruments myself. I'd like to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do write the lyrics and I have a lot of ideas about how I want things to sound. So it's- So been- I'm Moses coming down from the mountain. <laughs> Delivering the, tablet. the tablets from God. Yeah, no, that's a good way to put it. Because um, I really have, yeah, very layman's kind of sense, but I do have like emotive kind of notions of, of how I want things to come out. And it's been a beautiful process to work um, in this way. I've always described it as like getting a whole new box of crayons to play with. You know, I, I love being creative in any capacity. And the fact that she has like, she's like music Barbie and can do everything. I'm just like, it's incredible, you know? And like it was, at, you know, when we started dating, it was a great way for us to, we were always trying to impress each other. Exactly. We yeah. still are. Um, <laughs> So like she would tell me like go check your mailbox you have a poem and i'd oh go down gosh. to my mailbox and there would be an envelope with like three poems super lezzy right like the lezzy <laughs> and then, That's and then amazing. Send me, yeah it was really it was like a very precious situation and then and then she'd send me like you know playlists have a playlist of really cool stuff that I wasn't into and I was just like uh um like trying old, to like old, impress old her stuff. Back. yeah no yeah. she's like classic with inspiration like old so R&B and stuff I'm more like dumb chick pop um which is interesting because she's not been super into that so I was like oh you know a while ago like oh check out Blood Orange check out you know whoever like interesting 100 gex right she was like oh i don't know about this i was like it's gonna be great Um, (laughs) but like all of these you know kind of newer so we kind of merge and um a lot of our our inspirations have like synthesized in in interesting ways but yeah it all started because we i started leaving her poems and sketches and then she'd send something back uh where she'd do a bead and i'd start thinking about something when i was on the train so it's definitely been kind of a musical love letter situation back and forth Oh my gosh, you just made my heart flutter with all that like <laughs> cute. I can't handle it right now. Wow, that's so special. Like what a beautiful way to build your relationship. And now you have all this like combined creativity coming out with this project. Yeah, I mean, I think that for me, like creativity is just like such a key thing in a partner. So to like find something that we can both be really passionate about together is so exciting. Yeah. And it's a new medium. It's a new medium for you. And it's a new way of approaching the medium that I've been in for so long for me, because I'm very like, very, and I play a bunch of instruments and like, I'm, I produce, I'm big into like music technology and stuff. So I can get very heady with it. Mm -hmm. So Noelle's kind of what you call your naive approach is great because like she, you know, comes from a place of feeling Mm -hmm. and she'll be like, this sounds like I'm in a, a gym and, you know, let's name this song Warm Prom or like I need something really thuddy. Like the words I use are not correct, but like it's a little bit of a like charades back and forth or something. It's cute. Yeah. And you've kind of like brought fashion process into. Yeah. I kind of come with a stylist approach because I've been in the fashion industry for 10 years. And oh, wow. so the, yeah, the feeling of like, um, taking different inspirations and kind of like letting things coalesce together and influence each other. Like what we call kind of artist swipe 
is, um, you know, I'll bring things and be like, oh, I really like, you know, this piece of this song and, and let her chew on things, which is cool because she's brilliant and will come up with like unbelievable stuff. Well, we always end up 180 degrees away from whatever it is that we started with. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but it's cool. That's really neat. And I like the idea of like almost bringing like music swatches into things or sound swatches. And Mm -hmm. um, between that and honestly, so sometimes in creativity, it's interesting to me because sometimes a novice is more creative than somebody who's more informed. Like I work in user user experience and sometimes novice users have more creative approaches to things than somebody who like knows the formula and has a like set pattern and stuff and behavior and everything. So it's interesting how you're able to take somebody who's very experienced and has the know-how and the skills and merge that with somebody who's like really just like, oh, I want to try everything because that makes such a perfect combination because you could have the technical skill matched with like just that flow and creativity. It's just, you don't have a limit at that point. Yeah. It's all very playful, you know, which is really Mm -hmm. cool. And that's kind of why I feel like our stuff is like really all over the place because we're just kind of like seeing how far we can go here, what seems right here. We worked on um, a set of songs in Rome that was all kind of like classic and a little like doo-wop-y. Um, and then, Soul doo-wop, yeah. like all written yeah. on acoustic guitar. Exactly. We just, and they like, were all about Rome, night. the city. Like we were there for what, three Two, days? Yeah, three days. And then the final night we were just kind of exhausted and we were like, um, you were, she's usually the one with the prompts. Sometimes they'll come from a conversation we have, but she's the one who will give a prompt, her edict. And um, she was like, okay, like tonight let's stay in and let's write three songs. <laughs> and like, we just- Yeah, and I love them. Three it's songs. really, and it was really so cute. cool because there's so much for us to explore. And Isabel had been there, um, how many years before? I had been in Rome about eight or nine years prior before I transitioned. Right. So it's really interesting for me imagining like what it was like for her to walk around with all of these ruins and then the notion of this boy who had been there before. And then, you know, Isabella and I walking around now. So just kind of the notion of like identity and crumbling and like rediscovering and, and oh beginning kind of. So it was really interesting, like loaded um, things that we were bringing to it. But yeah, it was, it was amazing. We just sat down and like wrote three songs. It was super, super fun. So we try to do that as much as we can. That's such a gorgeous way of looking at all that too, because it's like Rome itself can be such an inspiring city. I was there last fall and um, just the, between the culture and the history that's there and stuff, I'm sure there's so much you can draw from and to be able to tie that to your experiences and stuff and be able to really shape that. I love the idea of the whole like crumbling and then um, experiencing something again as the identity of who you really are just makes exactly. it so much more special. It's the it's the revelation. Oh my god, this is so mind blowing <laughs> to me because it's true. Because if you think about it, it's like the way that Rome crumbles, it reveals, and the way that people excavate, they re they reveal mm-hmm. more parts of like what once was and what really is all at once. Yeah, and, and that kind of cycle and the comfort with like death and rebirth and kind of like yeah. questioning and holding on to certain elements of the past but also like really embracing the future is like a, a strong theme. I feel like with our work and with our lives in general, because we mm-hmm. both feel like as, as individuals, as artists, we've, you know, we have strong foundations and we had things that we needed to like do away with. And, and it's always, you know, kind of an internal questioning. Which um, is very, very queer. Very and queer. It's, it's part of the queer <laughs> experience. It's part of the trans experience that like, we talked to a lot of our trans friends about this who like, 
I transitioned five years ago, just about. And there comes a point for many people, everybody's different, but for myself and for some other people I've spoken to and some close friends who transitioned, you know, four or five years ago, there comes a point where, so you transition and you kind of, you know, find a new identity. And then sometimes you find pieces of your old identity and reincorporate them. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of what you said about Berlin also. Mm. That like the Duchess. The best place is a place that has been through the ringer yeah. and kind of rebuilt. And the best people are people who have been through the ringer and have kind of rebuilt, reconstituted. And that's part of that's part of queerness. Maybe not necessarily going through the ringer, but like, you know, examining and constructing and figuring out who you want to be, what you need relationally and mm-hmm having an understanding of like how you exist in the world and, and needing to kind of like redefine yourself. I feel like there tends to be a little bit of like polarity sometimes. Yeah. And then, um, so I know in Isabel's experience, like she very much wanted to be, you know, one way. And then it's like, as she got more comfortable with herself and the way that she was seen and, you know, the notion of like passing and being accepted and like people get your pronouns correctly. And like you are who you are. And it's less about kind of proving that and more about being comfortable. Like you can hold, um, well, in her case, you know, she's been able to kind of like hold and respect the person she was in a way that in the beginning when we knew each other, that wasn't like a comfortable thing to discuss um, or write about. And I wouldn't have taken the liberties to kind of like to, to write based on that perspective because that would have been dysphoric and, um, and terrible. But like, it's been really cool to understand that we can kind of like discuss these things and and the lives that we've lived and really explore them musically. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Wow. I really am impressed with just the way that you talk about your music and the journey that you've been on together. That's so incredible to me. (laughs) Um, To kind of like step back a little bit, um, tell me about how Petwife kind of first started and then like how you came up with that name and everything. The name Pet Wife, um, I always called Isabel Pet, and we we kind of wanted to toy with the concepts of like, oh yeah, here we go. If you can see, she's labeled. She has a pet on the back of her neck. Oh, cool. <laughs> but um, we kind of wanted to toy with the notion of, of women and kind of this like feminist perspective um, and what a pet, what a wife, what these like categories and caricatures that we're able to inhabit Mm -hmm. look like what they sound like um and so the the labels pet and wife kind of being used and reimagined and kind of subverted through both of us so sometimes you know she has kind of a a wife character sometimes I have a pet character Mm -hmm. um sometimes she is sometimes sometimes I'm pet Uh, (laughs) not not very often not often yeah (laughs) but yeah just kind of like thinking about about women and the roles and names that they've been Mm -hmm. able to to live in and wanting to um re-examine those so pet wife is yeah that's interesting because it almost (laughs) sounds like you're you're taking on like um at times like feminist personas in your music too. Yeah, I think I think we definitely are. Um, we have like a really cool feminist book club and like oh, are yeah. constantly like reading really interesting things. So this mm-hmm. year we've gone through um, 
Machado's In the Dream House and Maggie Nelson's Argonauts, Bell Hooks, uh, The Will to Change, Redefining Masculinity and All About Love. Um, what else? We just did Whipping Girl. Whipping Girl by Julia Serrano, which is like an incredible uh, perspective on misogyny and uh, cis sexism from the perspective of a trans woman who's a biolo- biologist, which is just unbelievable. That's um, amazing. So yeah, we've been like really interested in like feminism and and queer theory and um, just kind of involve, involve ourselves in in those categories. So we're we're definitely thinking and speaking with those things in mind when we're writing. Wow, I want a reading list from you because that <laughs> yeah. all sounds incredible. Oh, like I definitely. want to be a long distance member of this book club. <laughs> you should. I mean, yeah. honestly, with all this stuff that's going on, that might be the only way the book club will survive right now. Oh wow, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but oh my god, little houses, all on computers. <laughs> no, it sounds so amazing. I love that you take the time to like just continue to consume this kind of um, reading. It's crucial. I feel like in 2020 to like try to get as much inside of you as you can because I feel like it can inform your opinions as much as it can inform your art. Yeah. And I I mean, I think we're both kind of forever students. We're always looking for things Mm. to get into and like wanting to learn and um, kind of develop further skills. And a lot of our friends and community are like that. And we've reached out and found people like, um, you know, through, through dating apps to like join, join book club, just cause it's like everybody around everybody in like queer community in Bushwick, mm-hmm. I feel like is really interested in kind of like talking and like expressing themselves and, um, and reading and learning more about like our bodies, our experiences, other people's perspectives. So it's been a really cool way as like adults to, um, make friends and kind of make friends with feminists, yeah, uh, egalitarian humanist sort of perspective. Exactly. That you know, and it's not like, oh, let's go meet for a drink, let's go eat something. It's cool to like have real conversations, and like that's what we're joining together to do. We also do like jam sessions and have art parties here, which is awesome. Oh my gosh, this sounds like paradise. <laughs> honestly, I love the sound of that, and like. I feel like probably those conversations just are crucial for you. I mean, one of the things that you included when I first started um, communicating with you over email is like how much you really focus on things like gender role, queerness, trans identity, and femininity in your music and stuff. Um, do you can you talk a little bit more about that and how you feel you best represent it in your music? Well, um, I feel like with love is a great example mm-hmm. of a song that is kind of um, coming from a standpoint of someone who is incorporating feminist ideals into themselves and their life. Yeah, I think there's a lot of expectation and pressure, I feel like, to be a certain kind of woman. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of judgment around how women's bodies and roles and, you know, performances are able to be. And I think, um, we, we want to be kind of a disruptive voice to that. You know, we, we want to make sure that we're speaking from an honest perspective. We're not like, um, overtly sexualizing like misogynistic aspects and we're also not afraid of like our own sexuality we're not Mm -hmm. afraid to talk about you know our lives and our experiences and our bodies and you know i certainly i use the word cunt in one of our songs which is like quite risque but we never say fuck which is interesting call me cunt. (laughs) 
Call me cunt. I won't be promised. Yeah, there's Love um it. and yeah. We, Slow Robot is a great song. That was the second single we put out, Slow Robot, which is spoken word. Mm-hmm, and it's a little mm-hmm. bit of a sound collage. Um, and that's like a really like, love is not blind or bigoted. If it informs, it forms, defining times, designing new norms. Right. And it ends up with that chant of, mm. um, what's the first word of the chant? You, you, I always forget my own lyrics. This is like a running joke. I'm <laughs> Defining times, desire yeah. to fire of yours and mine, confusion, delusion, slow the bleed, and wanting me, exquisite corpse, dying to scream. There's a lot of blood and sinew in there. Yeah, there's a lot the of- experience I mean, of being a woman. Mm-hmm, there, It is, it's true. There's very intimate kind of like body-oriented lyrics. There's a lot, I mean, I'm a mom, so I, I speak sometimes about um, just kind of like those types of like- being being in a position where your actions are really judged and I mm-hmm. feel like being a mom you have a lot of eyes on you and a lot of people really expect you to behave in certain ways and like this is acceptability politics for you you know and in the same right. way as as womanhood is judged like we have you know kind of storming turfs and like ridiculous notions of uh, feminism that excludes you know trans people um so just kind of thinking through like Isabel said a, a humanitarian perspective where we all get to identify in the way that makes sense to us and we can like communicate our experiences um in ways that are respectful of others and understand that there's no right way to live or behave but that we should all be able to like you know, love ourselves and and be willing to understand and open up to what we don't understand. Um, yeah. And we kind of, yeah, we, we're both kind of aesthetes. We both right. appreciate a good aesthetic. And to that end, we typically, even when we have lyrics like Slow Robot, where there's a lot of sort of... Um, Heavy, what are you going to say? agitation right right, right 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 yeah. yeah there's some drama and kind yeah, of like heavy even if talent. there's violence in the music we like it to be pretty that's true yes it's true <laughs> you, you accomplish that so well in your music and i feel like um you take listeners like me on such a ride when it comes to music like i think maybe the first song i listened to was caddy canary and I feel oh, like yeah. there was so much variety in that song. I felt like I slipped in and out between so many different like sounds, like genre wise within a single song. And I just, I love the notion of that song. I love everything you're telling in it, but you expose me to, I feel like so much. It's a very, yeah, like, it's a wor- that song is a world. It's what Isabel likes to call like a, a pocket universe or a pocket symphony. It's just, it is, it really kind of takes you places. It it's unexpected. And I should have broken that out into like an EP or an album. It's beautiful. But I get obsessed sometimes with combining a lot, making extremely kind of Byzantine song structures. That one gave me a backache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no, they're so brilliant. And that's a, th- one of the things that I think we've tried to do. And she's, she's just been killing it recently. Like her New Year's resolution was to do a new track a day. So like every day oh, wow. she'll, she'll like do a cute little beat or like some sort of track um, and send them to me. And then it's been like amazing to kind of keep things 
flowing because I'll mm-hmm. hear something. And I always write in transit for some reason. So I'm on the train and I hear something and, you know, I, I pick up what I want to do and come up with a, mel- a melody and lyrics. And it's been a really fun way to try and make things less precious, but try and like get ideas out. Um, right. Yeah, she's unbelievably like complex and the ways that she structures things and literally plays every single instrument herself. So if you wow. hear one thing, like any music at all, except for my vocal, which is very lame, it's all coming from her, which is just incredible. Like she's except bass in it. So far, well, so far it's been that way, although we do have Walter Fancourt That's true. playing saxophone in the twin single. That's true. Yeah. Excellent. And saxophone, a little bit of synth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do play That's- instruments. That's so amazing. And you have like the perfect setup with your home studio too. For everybody listening, I can see it right now. And there is all kinds of cool stuff everywhere. (laughs) Several keyboards looks like you got some synths set up, all kinds of mics. This is so There's like a live drums and lots of, you know, a couple guitars and bass. And we keep having people come over because people are starting to track here. Cool. Isabella produce them. So yeah, we had like a, like an 18 year old, like, a uh, high school student come over and want to like work with us earlier today and a trans guy recording last week. Um, it's been really cool to like open up the space to people in the community, particularly that are queer musicians mm-hmm. to offer like a, a safe collaborative workspace. Right. You make it accessible. Yeah. Yeah. And there are like that we know of, there are no woman owned queer owned studios like this yeah people keep like reaching out and saying oh that's so cool like every you know there are all these guys that we keep working with every studio you work at exactly love to work with some women so that's been a cool a cool thing we're getting a lot of new new blood in here lots of cool people to collaborate with and I think that's like we're so collaborative both of us in Mm -hmm. spirit that we love being able to like meet new people that are really passionate about what they're doing and work together that's powerful. Do you want to eventually have like, I know you have like a dedicated studio here, but do you want to have like a full blown studio at some point that, you know, allows you to be able to support like LGBT artists yes, and women, that's like non-men? For sure. The goal for sure. That's the goal so cool. is like, to, yeah, build it out into a label, like really start, yes. you know, discovering people and like supporting, you know, the unique voices that, I mean, we all know are here, but have mm-hmm. been silenced or are not supported in the right ways um so yeah we definitely want to become that so the studio and label is dirty tower yeah um yes which, yeah <laughs> um is uh, a reference yeah it's an homage to the late great alexander mcqueen who is just the most beautiful creative director and technical genius that ever was in um in fashion uh, one day, Noel was telling me early on in our relationship about like, oh yeah, Alexander McQueen is my favorite designer. He was just this kind of dirty tailor. And I was like, okay, that's the name of our studio and label. Like, Because it's true. He was kind of, yeah, he, his, his origins were like very romantic because he was like a taxi driver's son. I'm going to say this wrong and get my like, you know, I don't know the exact history precisely but i'm pretty sure he was like a taxi driver's son he was just kind of like this guy from a working class family and he became like the most important voice in like couture and fashion it's just Mm -hmm. amazing so love the idea of like this kind of you know like unpretentious personality having just like the most brilliant like feminine visions Mm -hmm. so it's kind of where i came from 
that totally suits what your intentions are with your music and your studio space too, is to be able to kind of like celebrate things like femininity or people who don't identify with gender at all kind of thing. Exactly. That's, that's so yeah. perfect. Really not pigeonholing um, performance or um, taste. You know, there's so many things that should just be open. Like, right. yeah. For me, I've been embracing my masculinity a lot more in the past, uh, I don't know, two years since we've been together. So it's this interesting notion of, and I have a deep respect for femininity as like a mm-hmm. Southern girl and in fashion. And so I want to put it on her. I love like Isabella being very femme and like, that's fantastic. But for me, having a girlfriend who's super femme has meant I can kind of settle into my like, you know, kind of true boy nature a little bit mm-hmm. more, which is really great. So understanding like the fluidity in expression and that there are no rules, there are no limits to how people can kind of like um, express themselves and explore like what they want to contribute. 100%. That's so incredible that you have that opportunity and that you have a partner that like really respects that for you and vice versa. And you're able to do that in your personal lives as well as in your music. That's just so amazing. It's cool too it, with the notion of how our creative process works. Cause mm-hmm. I have more of the, we've kind of joked about like, I kind of like give her the seed and then she kind of incubates it. So like each song is like a pregnancy. She's like gestating and she's like (laughs) working on all the parts. And I just kind of like come and like, you know, lay the, lay the lyrics on her. And then I just like walk (laughs) off and she sits there and she's just like, like Caddy Canary, I was in labor for yeah, you know, a but while. It's really cool. <laughs> exactly. Red was easier. Red was easier. Yeah. Well, you've gotten much more like efficient with the way that you produce, which well, is because really interesting. Noelle has instilled this in me um, with my own work and with our work, like the first thought, best thought kind of feeling of, yeah, kind of like getting the essence of something, putting it out there and not being too precious and it doesn't need to be everything. So letting things kind of like be what they are and feel the feeling. And she used to do like vocal take after vocal take. And now I'm like, no, the first one, like the, you can tell the emotions there. You're not like over enunciating just to make sure the sound quality is perfect. Cause for me, it's like the, the rawness and the um, emotional qualities and vocals are so impactful. Mm Mm-hmm. That's amazing. It seems like you have a really balanced sound as a result of that. I am a Libra. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. I'm a Sagittarius. So I just like, same. I go, are you cool? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Very driven, very focused, right? Yes. Fire. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so awesome. And like, yeah, this is, this is just perfect. I feel like what you're able to like bring to your music. And like, I love that um, you mentioned red before you're starting to play with color here. I know that's tied into your new album, but like, I love specifically what you're doing with red, particularly like the spoken word over beats was just incredible to me. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you put that together. So red, we started, um, so we call them verbals, like spoken word. It's our cute little, (laughs) like there's vocals and verbals. Um, I love it. I think Red, we started last May, maybe. Mm-hmm. We had kind of the seed of the idea for the song, and you wrote the Red, ready, ready, run, mm-hmm. past the flash, the red. We had that whole like little first verse. Then we didn't really know where to take it. So we mm-hmm. picked it back up in like August. Um, 
and you wrote the rest of the lyrics. Yeah, I think she was just like tinkering with some instruments, and then I just like sat there and was just like, "That's usually how it goes." Is she'll start like, and then she with ends sounds. up with like three pages. Yeah, I write so, pretty quickly. I don't know what happens. With the caustic currents, world's undone, body be the instrument. Now I let it run. Like when I saw that, I was just like, "All right, those <laughs> have to be verbals." Like we reach a certain point of intensity in the song and like break out into that. Yeah, and that I is my favorite part that. of the song too. The verbal it's life, yeah. it's so great. Ch- like seriously, pull your honesty, challenge your proof. I was like, oh. <laughs> I think I've just <laughs> been literally lyrically punched in the face and I love it. <laughs> oh, that's so Same. cool. I love it. I love it. Well, She's you know, great. I think uh, these past couple of years have been like so, um, you know, talk about transitions, like very kind of, life affirming and questioning. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's a lot of like exploration of like who I'm supposed to be, who I really am. And kind of that, I feel like that's a, such a universal feeling like people um, just kind of redefining themselves and thinking about what truths they hold, what mm-hmm. truths other people hold, like what society's expectations are, what their family's, you know, expectations are and, and kind of figuring out how they can live the most authentic ways and, um, you know, kind of build more beautiful culture around them to embrace that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love how um, your music just even makes me think and remind myself of stuff like that. It's super powerful. And yeah, that, that song I feel like has just so much going for it lyrically sonically i feel like it starts with such a fun like pop beat that makes me just so excited it's just incredible thank you it's definitely the most 80s thing we've done i know yeah i love it we just leaned really into (laughs) you know we were listening to a lot of mgmt at the time oh yeah the little dark age album so like we have oh you know what like now you say it i hear it a little bit and like yeah i feel like um like particularly like that 80s influence like pop beat and stuff that's like kind of one of my secret sonic sweet tooth kind of things where it's just like you tap into that so and i'm delicious. gonna get into it it's so it's like the song uh, two of hearts by um, oh yeah uh, stacy q, Stacey Stacey q. q. <laughs> yeah i can listen to that song I always say sometimes i'll put that song on on spotify and i'll just have it on repeat and i won't even li- realize i've listened to it like 30 times by the way so the musical seed of red actually was noel suggesting to me that I sample some of my old work. Oh, yeah. So the main harmony in red that's like gated to the beat is from a solo single I put out back in 2011. Um, Because I do a lot of block harmonies and like, yeah, I just had that stem sitting there on on my computer and she she had suggested that. So that was the musical seat of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sampling an old, which is kind of, you know, it really fits in thematically. This just occurred to me, but it fits in thematically, exactly. taking a bit of the old and kind of incorporating right. it into the new, rebuilding, yeah. rebuilding the future. So. Yeah. But the whole kind of concept was we wanted to think about pride and what pride was and what kind of like, you know, obviously the rainbow flag, like the queer banner, what that is, um, what the colors kind of represent. Not we, de- we decided that what it meant to us was that it's a great opportunity for large corporations yeah. to sell merchandise mm-hmm. to queer people exactly um no yeah <laughs> it, it in a time when really it is kind of used 
just for very facile at best purposes. Yeah. We wanted to we wanted kind to of think examine about, it. Like, and, what it means, like what the colors might signify if we thought about what red feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of taking like a synesthesia approach and red being like energetic and kind of like voracious is an appetite and a feeling that like climbs and climbs and it's like hot and and fast and like passionate. And then, you know, we're working on yellow is a little bit more um, warm and, and nostalgic. And then we have blue. Blue is a song that I sing my children that they like are obsessed with. Nice. Um, but it's, I dyed my sheets blue one day. And so- I dyed the sheets blue so you can sleep better, baby. It's like a little bit of a soulful kind yeah. of Aretha Ooh. sort of. I'm excited but for that Again, one. it's like embracing kind of, you know, identity and feeling comfort in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then green is, is more like a Americana kind of like. Green is feeling. kind of like, who are we? Yeah. You know, like hope for freedom, but kind mm-hmm. of like feeling like we've all washed up on on a um, disinterested or a friendly shore. Yeah. I mean, you wrote the lyrics to green. Um, during kind of like the um, immigration, you know, mm. crisis, like like people, you know, tanks rolling through Ridgewood with ICE looking for, you know, to take families away. Ridgewood's like a, an area in Queens that's close by. Um, so thinking about, you know, how kind of people feel, you know, in this moment where it's like you're looking for hope and you're looking for solace um, and community and, and how, yeah, green is like very hopeful. But Huddled also, masses, mm-hmm. like... Yeah. Are, yeah. Are so, we living up to our stated ideals? Have we ever? And questioning things. Will always. we in the future? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's been really fun to just kind of think like theoretically, um, you know, what these colors kind of embody. The thing about Noelle artistically is that all she ever needs is a prompt. <laughs> well, also not just artistically, but also like in your personal life, like give me something to chew on so and I'll like with, run with anything like. <laughs> I mean, the prompt was yours, but yeah. like, yeah, literally like. You it actually her... started because I wanted you to start doing things by yourself. But then of course I get like overly involved. So it's like, oh no, like, <laughs> I was like, pet, you should just do, you know, like each thing should just be like a sound collage on the color. And then I was like, wait a second, I have to write lyrics for this. And then it was like, are you going to do this alone? No, this is pet wife, you know? So that's always how it happens. Yeah. And that'll be our first full length album, Polychrome, mm-hmm. that will be out in june for pride yes and i have some work to do on it yes so um, much work yeah everything's written but yeah we need to like keep keep going with recording and polishing and it's exciting that is so exciting i cannot wait to listen to this record and just like really dig into what's your experiences as much as it is what you're trying to convey and what you're what you feel you're representing and stuff i feel like that's gonna be one adventurous record yeah, I think it's go- it's definitely going to take you on a ride. And of course, there's like you've you know noticed with some of our work, it, it really goes to a lot of places, mm-hmm. but there will be kind of a centralizing theme. There's a through line. There's a through line in terms of the themes. Yeah, the themes that that are weaved, woven throughout the record. And then there are, there's also kind of a sonic through line. Yeah, where, compositional elements. Yeah, so. yeah. Whereas the singles we've put out so far are kind of just all over the map, us trying lots of different things. Uh, Polychrome will have a nice sonic cohesion to it that, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to putting out. So it's like really, you can kind of deep dive and that's like one story. Yeah. That's incredible. 
Wow. I'm really excited for it. Um, I know you probably want to save some of the talk of the album, of course, as a surprise to everybody when it drops, but like maybe what's your favorite song that you've released so far and what do you love about it? Hmm. I would say, I'll let you think. My favorite songs that we've done haven't been released yet. Of course, I'm not going to answer the question. <laughs> favorite one that we've released? I would say mine would be, can I give you two? Yes, you can. <laughs> I think in terms of, I think Slow Robot is mm-hmm. fabulous. Um, and I think Twin's so dope. I really like Twin. I would say Slow Robot and Caddy Canary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Caddy Canary is my psychosis of like trying to make something with a lot of moving parts yeah. taken to the nth degree. And um, it's a little bit of a high watermark in that mm-hmm. sense. And I'll never be able to not think, should I have broken that out into separate songs, which makes me paradoxically very happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Cause I love all that it is and all that I get to experience in that time. And I'm just like, this is wild. And it makes me so happy because I feel like I find new things every time, different elements of that song that just stand out to me as like my favorite. You know what I mean? Thank you. So I love the paradox you've created. (laughs) Maybe there'll be a new one for 2020. Maybe after Polychrome. I don't know. I've been thinking maybe Violet should be a through composed thing. Like we have starts, but we haven't. Maybe yeah, we can build it out. We have many seeds for violet, but it's yeah. not built out yet. Maybe that'll be the one that gives me a migraine this time. Probably so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then our first, I don't know, six months, nine months, um, like working on music together, we wrote a, a whole album, um, and with love and what else? Is with there? love, slow robot, um, and canary. canary cat. Canary Cat yeah. are all on it. So we have like the rest of those songs to finish for that album as well. But we kind of Ooh. put that aside because we want to go back to it. So we wanted to to do Polychrome first and then go back to that. But really for us, like time is the biggest issue at this moment because we just keep coming up with like new things that we want to say, new sounds that um, that we're playing with. So right now we're trying to release we're something. Building a lot. <laughs> we're trying to release a single a month yeah. since September. We didn't do one in December. We are probably going to come out with that Rome EP in March or April, yeah. especially now that we might be quarantined. Yay! But, um, <laughs> more studio no, time. <laughs> There's that at least. There's a silver right. lining. <laughs> this is the thing is that if we are quarantined, I'm going to have to figure out how to use all this equipment and yeah. play all the instruments. That's true. Oh, good. You already do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um so I know that we kind of started to talk about it a fair bit whenever we're talking about Polychrome specifically, but I'm kind of curious, what's something that you really want your listeners to get out of listening to your music? I think that there's no rules. I feel, I feel like we kind of come from like a transgressive um, space in general. Mm-hmm. So my feeling is like uh, we want to communicate kind of a beautiful way to look at things like um, differently to have the, you know, the listener kind of re-examine things with different critical lenses that they may not have had before and to like see possibilities in um, kind of artistic rule breaking Mm -hmm. that may not be available in pop music. Like we want to bring like um, kind of a, theoretical and artistic feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that kind of, 
goes beyond what pop does. We want it to be smarter and well-informed in ways. Yeah, and musically, we like to be, yeah, we like to be transgressive. We like to kind of set up boundaries. And or, break them. And break them or break things, <laughs> you know, subvert tropes. We really yeah. like to subvert tropes a lot musically. So going back My and favorite. like picking up old stuff too is really fun. Like, yeah, um, look. Look, the, the single that we just put out is more, how do you describe it? It's that? like a Ronette style song. It's yeah. like very girl groups, like girl group slash torch song. But um, thinking about that and then like reimagining it exactly from like a queer perspective. So a little bit of this like revisionary history, but taking, you know, musical prompts and artistic prompts from the past and like imagining a queer character um, invested in that. Sometimes art can just change the way the world looks to you. I mean, mm-hmm. I just watched this. I just watched Stalker, yeah. which we have to watch together. The Tarkovsky film. Oh, um, okay. And it just like, you know, the day after, and now it's been a few days after, and it's changed the way I look at things. And like, that's a lofty goal for any artistic endeavor. So like, I can't say that I necessarily aspire to that, but ideally, I just, I love like with music, I love when something, when I hear something and I think like this never, if this, if this hadn't been made by this person, no one ever would have done it. I do value uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, you definitely yes. have that for your what you're accomplishing as pet wife. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Polychrome is coming this year. Hopefully that Rome EP. What are some of your goals for like this year and beyond for pet wife? We want to play live a lot more. We've played a few shows so far that have been lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, we gaze lovingly at each other the whole time i mean we are we might be too gay yeah (laughs) we we literally it's cute it's cute we you know but yeah we would like to play more shows we have one scheduled at the end of the month for uh, at drum in manhattan but the way things are going right now we don't know a large group gathering yeah in which case um that might provide an opportunity for us to do more webcasts from dirty tower studios because we would like to get into doing webcasts also. I think kind of like taking our creative process um, and kind of like opening that up to people is something that we want to do. So bringing collaborators. Like share, well, yeah, and, and, yeah, and open to people who like the music. So um, mm-hmm. expressing ourselves in more of a live way, like doing more things on like Instagram and doing mm-hmm. YouTube stuff where we're kind of like inviting people into like our world and our process is, is something we want to do and definitely collaborate with other people. And we're big fans of gorillas. Oh, yeah. um, our friend Walter has really gotten us into gorillas. Yeah. You were already into them. Um, but yeah. Um, Love the, the feeling that um, everything is so collaborative with them. Mm-hmm. There's right. like two, three feature artists on every one. So we know so many incredible creative, you know, talented musicians and performers here. So getting, you know, um, a lot of our friends involved on tracks would be super cool. We definitely want to do just kind of like a features album where we're bringing people in and like co-writing with them. And um, maybe that's a good way to really kick off the like pet wife, you know, or the, the dirty table, the dirty tailor label to get a lot of people like involved on an album with us. Absolutely. Well, 
it's interesting because it's like you mentioned earlier about how like you know there's this really great community around you of like creatives and stuff who are just like putting their work out there and stuff and that you want to be a part of that and continue to upload folks do you ever feel like your music is influenced by them or um other artists that are out there i mean always there's always cross-pollination mm-hmm. going on um pretty much every day mm-hmm. noel is introducing me to somebody but i'm just like oh okay i mean there's- and it's so cool because she'll like listen to something and she'll do something that's like certainly not pastiche but it's like interested in in like how someone made a sound and she has like her equipment and like a notion of how to get at something you know she's such a um kind of a scientist with how like sounds created. So to see her kind of like get in there and extrapolate, like this is interesting. Oh, the use of gates here is interesting. Oh, the the minimalism here is interesting. So to kind of show her even something I know she won't like, but to be like, this part is really cool, you know, and then she'll just start chewing on that and doing something interesting with it. So the, the back and forth um, of inspiration is, is something we definitely we definitely use. I like work out like a junkie. And for me, like having really good music is so key. I'm always looking for new things and I'm always on the train, um, running around. So like having a really good <laughs> playlist is super critical. Yeah. So I love to share things with her and, you know, we, that was a big, big part of our beginning was like sharing playlists and kind of like, um, our, our musical like history, what we like, our aesthetics, so yeah, lots of inspiration. What's your shared mutual favorite? <sighs> I was just talking about how bad I am at this. I mean, okay. So I think that we would have to say, and it doesn't make any sense. I'm checking my Spotify right me, now. So I'm going to have to say for the, <laughs> for the both of us that it's Paul McCartney. Um, ah. and the Beatles, but particularly because I don't know if you know the record Ram, um, it's beautiful. And it's the album that he made with his girlfriend at the time, Linda, who became his wife, mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of our relationship, when we hadn't been making music together, she played that album for me. And it's a little bit of how Paul, it seems like Paul is kind of inviting Linda on this like musical romantic adventure. Mm-hmm. And I kind of took that as an invitation from Isabel to like, start this musical journey so we always reference paul he's gotten us through some hard times we go back to him always i have one of his lyrics tattooed on my rib cage find myself in love with you um so i think i and and just his like endless sunny uh, kind of optimistic insight has been something that i as a lyricist have really gravitated towards and she comes, she's like a Beatles scholar. So I'm going to, I'm going to put that one out as the one that I think is, is I mean, a mutual he's probably our shared favorite. Yeah. yeah. And the thing about Paul McCartney also is that he has a reputation for being very bubblegum, which is not undeserved, but he also has done a lot of experimental and avant-garde work. Um, he was the one who brought avant-garde music to the Beatles. Mm. He's done a lot of projects under pseudonyms that are like very, way, way ahead of their time. I mean, he was doing Stereolab 20 years before Stereolab. Yeah. He was doing like- Really weird stuff with like, you know, tape recording machines and 
yeah, tape loops and synths before anybody. Um, lately, I I think you like it. Lately, what? I keep playing the uh, Igor album by Tyler, the creator. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Oh, but one other album that was really foundational for us mm-hmm. was um, Awaken My Love, Childish Gambino. Yes. That and Ram mm-hmm. were like... The beginning. Yeah. That's so yeah. amazing. I love to hear that. And well, I, like, also Grimes. I feel like Grimes is a, a big one for <laughs> me, kind of bringing in like the Art Angels album. I don't. Art Angels is great. So good. Yeah. And like kind of that like, I always wanted her to go a little bit more dancey with some of the things because a lot of her old music was um, Beach Boys. Beach Boys is another really big one. She always comes with like super classic stuff. Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit of, what did I say recently? It's like. Oh, I described it so perfectly with the chicken fight. Chicken fight. Remember I said it's like uh, Grimes on top of the Beach Boys is having a chicken fight with who on top of the Beatles. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) But I don't remember who the other person was, so it doesn't make sense. Someone else. Yeah, Art Angels is great. (laughs) Um, I haven't listened. I I listened to that new Grimes track you sent me. It's cute. Um, I feel weird that she's with Elon Musk now. Yeah, I feel weird about that too. I don't want to love her anymore. It really, it changes a lot. <laughs> it really lot. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't seem like a very no, but good Art guy. Angels was so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, what else? Gorillas has been a big thing we've been listening to for a while. Oh yeah, and Anderson Pack we love. Um, so much hip hop influence. I mean, some of the best artists are like hip hop and rap. And again, like for working out and energy and just like feeling fire, like walking tall, like down the street, like there's nothing mm-hmm. better than, you know, Kanye, no more, but uh, how's the same? Hendrick. And then there's things that Noelle does not like that I still filter through the music. Oh, yeah. And sneak in there. The she same likes way that really soft stuff. She'll sneak um, kale. The kale into, into her smoothies. smoothies. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a mom, you know, I have to. Yeah. Like Beth Gibbons. Yeah, which is beautiful. And I'm an old old Portishead fan. Um, but I don't like songs that leave me feeling down. I really like energy in my music just because I feel like – and I, that's something we talk about a lot. It's like what do you want in your music, right? Do you want to sit sure. and wallow kind of in the feeling? Is it romance? Is it – are you using it to pregame? Is it like workout vibe? Is it like while you're, you know, working? Um mm-hmm. And so I tend to focus more on like high energy, like building, you know, songs that build and have like climaxes and really like take you somewhere. And she loves like subtle, beautiful artistry. Like it's soft and smooth and like very femme and romantic. And I'm just like, oh God, don't, don't play that Beth Gibbons song again. I'm going to. You're saying that in the Charlotte. The Charlotte voice. Which we kind of do sometimes. She has the most. Breathy. She can't open her mouth very much. She's no. just like. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's some Brazilian stuff like Georgia Ben yeah. that's just like incredible. And I love producers too. So I love like Cashmere Cat and um, like Marshmallow and Danger Mouse. She had like a whole Danger Mouse like vibe for a minute. So, I don't know. Like Karen album. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big Stereo Lab fan. Mm-hmm. Noel isn't. I but think I'll it's beautiful, but it's a little in. bit like French elevator music. It is it's a little nice, bit of French elevator but... music. Yeah. 
it's not taking me anywhere. It's not taking me anywhere. At Sagittarius, again, like need need to be driven. That's <laughs> so true, honestly, every way. <laughs> so you've given me a really awesome list of artists that you both love and influence you, but now I got to ask you to pick your favorites. If you could play a show with any three bands or artists or producers, they can be currently active or you can bring them back from the dead. Who would it be? You can each pick three, by the way. Oh, this is so hard. I know. Well, the thing is, okay, when you ask if we'd play a show with them, mm-hmm. I want to play shows with people who are worse than me. No. So I can show them up. No, yeah, so right. come off really well. Yeah, right. I mean, playing a show with um, the classic lineup of Traffic was so dope. Okay. Like they had so much power. Um, hmm. Now you go, so I can think of another one. I'm gonna look at my Spotify again. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go real quick and say Prince, MGMT, and the Gorillas. I feel like kind of sonically would make sense for us. So I mean, I'm gonna Prince go there because that'd make for a really good show. Yeah. <laughs> I love right. that lineup. I mean, Prince is headlining, so he won't blow us off stage. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say the following artists. <laughs> um, I, okay, Catano Veloso, because I'm in love with him. Um, Revolutionary maverick. I mean, just Beautiful like man. an incredible figure. Like literally an, an actual iconoclast, an mm-hmm. actual hero. Um, absolutely love him. Um, I'll say Caetano Veloso three times. <laughs> All right, Caetano Veloso, um, Stevie Wonder, Ooh. and Stereolab. Wow, I love that's, this. See, that's or no, like, Ken, 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 Ken. Sorry. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Caetano Veloso, Stereolab, and Ken. The exotic. Yeah. Nice. And it. yeah, we've got Germany, Brazil, and. Who's the other one I said? Stevie. No, Stereolab, France. Stereolab, oh, France. Yeah. So, Caetano, Ken, and Stereolab. Yes. All right, that's that's our, like, world show. <laughs> I'm, like, American more. Oh, we Beck. It was a really early oh, yeah. big thing, We're too. Like, he's super creative and all over the place. Love Beck. I'd put him in the lineup, too. We can slide him in with MGMT. We're going to get blown off collaborate. stage. They're going to destroy us. They're all <laughs> going like, to destroy That's us. what you're supposed to be like running next to people that run faster than you. Bring yourself up, you know? We, we can you, have a headcanon that they're all obsessed yeah. with that wife. Exactly. There's more <laughs> pressure now. No, oh, no. we're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love oh, your picks. Sign the family stone. Sign yeah. the family stone. Sorry. We're obsessed with sign the family stone. Thank you. <laughs> These are really awesome, and I hope you get some really awesome opportunities down the road to play with either some of these artists or just like, I don't know. Every I am always thrilled and psyched by seeing who different people who've been on the podcast end up going on to play with, so I'm sending all the vibes in the universe to you so that way this happens, because you never know. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for joining and talking about all the music that you have that's coming. I'm really excited for Polychrome, um, and Cannot wait to promote the heck out of that whenever it's fully out there and everything. Um, where can everybody keep up with Pet Wife on the internet? You can go to um, at pet.wife on Instagram. That's our most frequently updated news source. And then at pet 
underscore wife on Twitter. Um, and yeah, petwife.bandcamp.com. Amazing. All right. And Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> I need to give you all the follows. Everybody listening needs to, to stay tuned for Polychrome and your Rome EP. These all sound amazing. Thank you so much for joining and sharing everything that you're doing. It's really special and exciting music. Thank, Thank you. Amanda. you. much to Isabel and Noel for coming on the pod and sharing their passion for making music. 
These two are dynamic in sound and energy, and Pet Wife should be a must-follow on your socials and streaming apps. You'll want to stay tuned for their upcoming release, Polychrome, coming this summer. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion online. Find episodes, links, articles, and more at angrygirlmusic.com. Get in touch with me through email at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at, at angrygirlmusic. If you're interested in being a guest on the pod, reach out and let's chat about what you're working on. Pledge your support for Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion on Patreon at patreon.com slash angrygirlmusic. Special thanks to our monthly patrons, Molly O'Malley, Kendra Mamula, Carly Commando, John Kitsy Kitzmiller, and Sam Zorowitz. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, stay angry and stay connected. Spring Bye for now. In, jump the gun. Turn her loose to run, run, run. Little bird, take to
just pretend. Promise.